world. I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Coach Schneider. And you're listening to the third annual Church Mag Christmas Podcast. Yeah, but coffee mm-hmm. and toast and sausage and good. I can chew on mic if you want. No, don't, don't, don't. Oh, please don't. This week's podcast is brought to you by whychristmas.com. Why? Because Christmas. This week on the podcast, things get very Christmassy with our very own church mag Christmas elf and world-renowned Christmas expert, James Cooper. If you'd like to join the conversation or ask a Christmas question, use the CMAGCast hashtag or email us directly at podcast at churchmag and we'll see if James can get you the answer. Now, let the holiday fun begin. Okay, is that better? So much better. Oh my goodness, so much better. Yes. We are instantly cultured This, now. this podcast Hurrah. IQ just went up with your presence and your accent. Well, one tries, but I can't guarantee anything on the IQ department. Well, we IQ you very much. Okay, let's go. Welcome to a Church Mag Merry Christmas podcast with our... This has become an annual thing because this is the third time it... Now it feels like a thing. We have James Cooper on the Church Mag Podcast. Why? Because he is Mr. Christmas. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. Hello, everybody. And I'm even sitting here in my stupid Christmas jumper and no one can see me. I mean, that's terrible. Well, you're wearing a Christmas jumper. It's snowing where Jeremy is at. Because we are are talking to everyone from four distinctly different locations in the world, um... We're able to pool our resources and make this a very, very Merry Christmas sode indeed. James, for, for those that don't know, James has written for, has written guest posts for Church Mag for years. And, uh, he's, he's just, he's just awesome. And we love having him around and we love looking forward to every year hearing about whychristmas.com. James, tell everyone real quick a little bit about whychristmas.com is for those that don't know, as if no one in the world doesn't know about it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a website and you can get it at whychristmas.com and it tells you sort of pretty much everything you'd ever want to know about Christmas stuff, basically. Um, I started it back in 2000, so it's 16 years old this year, which is like really old for a website. Um, and I started it for an elementary school over here in the UK, um, just for one little school, because the teachers came to me and said, why can't we find a Christmas site that isn't trying to sell the kids something? So I made them one. And then over the years, it's just grown and grown and grown into the big monster that takes up most of my November and December. Now, but I love it. Now, here, here's the, this is what I th- one thing that I think is so cool. And this really dovetails into things that like Seth Godin says, and this is like, do stuff well and Eventually, someone's going to notice, and the world has noticed your wonderful site because you know you there. You had a need locally, and you didn't have visions of grandeur. You were just like, "I'm going to make this site for the local elementary school, right?" Because you're such a cool guy, and you do web things, and so you just do, and you love Christmas, so you do what you do, right? You poured your passion into it. Now, tell everybody the numbers this year. Of this website, because people are probably thinking, okay, yeah, whychristmas.com. They may even type it in, whychristmas.com. They're like, okay, why is this such a big deal? James, tell them the numbers. This is, this is like Christmas in the back channel of Church Mag, because <laughs> when it gets November, December, James starts dropping little screenshots of his analytics, and we're just like in awe. Well, last December, um, it had 15.6 million page loads. Um, numbers are up about five to 10% this year by the look of it. Um, last Tuesday. So what was that? The 
13th, I guess, um, was the busiest day the site's ever had, where it had over 665,000 visits in a day and 1,330,000 page loads in a day. That's incredible. So so people just don't come look at a page and leave. They come, they click around. And this this has led to you being guests on all kinds of news programs as well, right? Yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was on the second most listened to radio station and program on the radio station um, in the UK over here, doing a little bit about why we had Advent and stuff. So that was cool. And thankfully, you are dash you're 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 um, appropriately dashing for um, uh, for an English fellow. So you're you you've even been on television programs yes uh yeah i have done some um stuff with HuffPost online and i've done a couple of um skypey tv things as well isn't james just so awesome guys i'm pretty sure he works for santa i'm just saying oh yeah i, I do totally have his email address, <laughs> <laughs> <His> email address. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the thing is, is that this isn't now i say santa and you know we joke about that and um you know that's just all part of many of the different christmas traditions but um the ultimate goal that for james over the years is really to point towards the real the quote-unquote you know the real reason for the season this isn't just just a cutesy elfy kind of thing either i mean there are those elements with the website it's a fun place for kids to to learn more about christmas but ultimately everything points to christ right james yeah um there's a big so there's there's sort of four sections on the site there's christmas customs and traditions like where we do cards and trees and candy canes and all stuff like that um, there's Christmas around the world where you could, I've got, uh, nearly 80 countries, I think at the moment, um, how they celebrate Christmas around the world. And I've, I've got plans to add a few more this week with a bit of luck. Um, and then there's Christmas fun and games where you, you can make a Magi and decorate an online Christmas tree and make your own online nativity scene, should you so wish. Um, but also there is a big Christmas story section, um, where there's the Christmas story in a way that kids can understand, uh, the history behind it, audio version cartoon versions all sorts of stuff right and if if you go to churchmag.press james has has so wonderfully given away the assets that he had to make the powerpoint presentations for the story of christmas and so you know you can download it there it's just really cute simple awesome stuff that you can you can use those assets for you know so many different things that you might want to do so people can check that out yeah, as well. I, I really cool i had an email this week um from one of the canons at melbourne cathedral in australia saying that they were going to use my christmas story in their big family easter christmas eve service okay i have been which is cool i've been monopolized awesome, been, we're totally grouping on you here james um we're we're seriously why christmas.com groupies um i'm gonna let the, i'm gonna sit back and, and had we been organized we would have had like all these kind of questions and stuff like that but that's not how we do on the church mag podcast because we're church tech we like to do everything in the moment live because that's that's where that's well, when people were like someone hands you a usb stick two minutes before the service starts and goes can you show these pictures right this is just about cost us. That. That's that's how we do things. yeah theologically that's how we we roll <laughs> <laughs> We're not allowed exactly. to plan. If you plan, you're you're planning you're planning against the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Care, careful, Phil. We don't want to go down any um any any wild paths that we that we might regret. Guys, go ahead. F- ask James some questions or something. I don't know. Somebody jump in. Well, I know we have a tradition of trying to stump him on Christmas stuff. Do we want to try to do that again this year of stumping? Well, it's not true. I think we only did it once. It's tradition. So if we do it again, then next year we can call it a tradition. So we're, just, we're just building on the foundation here. So, Jeremy, let's let's start the tradition. 
ask away. So, James, you know all the different Santas out there. Um, is there any Santas that don't wear red? That's a really good question. Well, if you look back at like ye olde Christmas cards from like the early days of Christmas cards, so like the 1860s and 70s, he normally didn't wear red. What did he wear, James? If he wore brown, thing. brown or green generally, because that was coming from the old sort of northern European ye olde Father Christmas, who turned up in middle age, um, middle ages, and medieval like. Um, Christmas plays and stuff. Was it a Coca-Cola thing that just made him red, maybe? No, it was... Well, I mean, St. Nicholas was always in his red because he's a bishop and that. Um, Coke kind of claimed that they invented the Red Santa, but they really didn't. It was more um, bringing when St. Nicholas got big in the States um, and also in sort of the 1880s, 1890s, when Harper's Weekly started doing their Christmas covers with a red Santa in it. It was only in the 1920s, 30s that Coke jumped on the bandwagon. Do you see how he does that? It's just, it's like <laughs> magic. It, didn't even have an eye. It's, it's awesome. Hey, so James, I heard a podcast today. I want to get your take on this. Um, I listened to a pod, listened to a Christian podcast and they were saying that the first, uh, first war, warriors against Christmas were actually um, evangelical or proto-evangelical Protestants. Do you agree with that? If you're talking about the Puritans in the the US, do you know what sort of time period? Is is this like the 1680s or the... Uh, Probably the the mid to late 1800s because that's where there was a lot of Catholic immigration coming into the US and Christmas, Christ Mass was more of a Catholic celebration. And so there were people who were basically calling it, you know, a a pagan, you know, papist kind of thing. And they they didn't want any part of it. I mean, that's really weird because that kind of mirrors what happens about 150 years previously in the UK. Because <laughs> Christmas was banned under, under Thomas Cromwell and the Puritans, um, who ruled England between the two Charleses in like the 1680s-ish or something. Yeah, the Commonwealth. Uh, and, and, yeah, and they saw that it was a papist thing. So I'm get. I mean, and even interestingly, some um, South American countries, particularly like I think it's Costa Rica and Chile, the presents there are bought by the baby Jesus rather than Santa because the Catholics thought that Saint Nicholas and Santa was too commercialized. <laughs> so baby Jesus just crawls around bringing presents. Yeah, and and in Germany they have a thing called the Protestants in Germany. Martin Luther kicked it off. Um, was have the Christkind, which is the Christ child, but it's kind of developed over time into sort of this a teenage blonde angelic girl, which is just weird, but it's still called the Christkind. Hmm. Is that where Chris Kringle comes from? Which is one yeah. of Santa Claus's names. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I just thought, thought, thought it very interesting that the, pe- the people today who decry the war on Christmas mm. are the, are the in- intellectual descendants of those who first waged that war in the U.S. Yeah, and you get, um, you know, people like the Jehovah's Witnesses who, ooh, we can't do Christmas and that. But if you actually look at their history, for the 20, first 20 years that Jehovah's Witnesses existed, they celebrated Christmas. It was only about a good while after they got started up that they decided that they wouldn't uh, we found in our time in italy that 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 some of the um some of the uh protestant or evangelical christians would avoid a lot of your your traditional christmas celebrations and traditions because they were work they work so hard to 
keep themselves separated from Catholicism, and there, there, there can be overlaps there. So it's kind of interesting to see how Christmas traditions can play out, even even on a micro level as well, depending on, on where you're at. Yeah, I mean, and you saying over in Italy, there's, depending on what bit of Italy it is, is to who the present giver is, isn't it? Um, you know, I'm not sure about that. I do know, uh, one thing I am sure about is that in Italy, Santa comes through the balcony, and so... When, when when people have their Santa decorations out, he's always got a rope, and it looks like he's breaking and entering. Well, you see, the earliest stories of St. Nicholas was that he dropped the um, the the money through the window, uh, and they and it fell into the girls' stockings. Yeah. Hey, didn't um, well? Here's a, here's a trivia question for you, James. I'm gonna okay. Uh, please tell me the um, the what, what answer easily enough for us to understand because you know so much more about this. You know, put it on our level. What is a Jesse tree? Okay, a Jesse tree is a Christmas decoration that basically uses the Bible because you know. Um, uh, a shoot shall come up from the stump of Jesse and all of that in Isaiah. Um, so it's it's a tree, but you decorate it with um, things from the Old Testament uh, symbols leading up through to the birth of Jesus. So things like uh, the earth for the creation, um, a tree or an apple for the Garden of Eden, a rainbow or the ark for Noah, um Jacob's ladder, Josephus' multicolored coat, burning bush for Moses—all those sorts of things. We we for a few years. I'm really disappointed we didn't do it this year. Um, with our move and everything, everything is really upside down. But for several years, Phil, we did the Jesse tree, and it is um, it it's a really neat thing to do you should you should look it up as far as maybe doing it with your family sometime there's some good jesse tree devotionals i'll, I'll get you a i'll get you a link and a resource that you can definitely check out it's it's really a cool it's a really cool thing to do and, and you can kind of do it as a um advent calendar as well mm-hmm. oh neat doing an item every day if you want oh, I, I really just want to hear james say isaiah a few more times personally well you mean isaiah the proper way of spelling isn't that do you hear that <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jim. I didn't know you were an ancient uh, Hebrew. I didn't know you. <laughs> hey, uh, okay. Another question for you, James. What's the point with poinsettias? Good question, because I really don't like them. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, we're getting controversy. <laughs> give, us, give us your hot take on this cold tradition. Okay, well, they, they come from Mexico. Um, they were named Poinsettia because it was a, a bloke called Robert Poinsett, who was the U.S. ambassador to Mexico in 1825, who saw them and thought, oh, they're pretty. Um, and, um, he kind of, uh, passed them along to a guy who was a big flower dude in Philadelphia and it kind of spread from there. Ready? Okay. Now James has said bloke. I'm ready to watch the Christmas Carol. That's you right. shall be haunted by three ghosts this night. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, real quick. We'll get back to the questions in a second. James, can you say God bless us, everyone in your best cockney? And will you folks can use that as their text tone this, this Christmas? Okay, well, I grew up in London, so I've got a bit of the old cock near me. So, God bless us, everyone. That was perfect. Do we need to make that like a separate download clip? I think I might have to do we that. We should. We should. With your permission, of course, James. Oh, yeah, go for it. It's it's another gift of James to the world. Jeremy, do you have any questions? Because you're going to see Santa today or, or do some Christmassy fun stuff today. Do you have anything? Have you been Googling stuff? Does Santa have a middle name? Yeah, he's been Googling stuff. Um, <laughs> it pulls up whitechristmas.com. He's like, oh, man, every time. Well, I mean, you, you, you could say that his middle name is Of because he was Nicholas of Myra. <laughs> 
Hey, didn't say did Saint Nicholas beat somebody up one time? He did, yeah. Um, he was, you know, the Council of Nicaea, where we get the Nineteen Creed from. The sort of, right. you know, we believe in one God, blah, blah, blah. Um, at that time, there was a heresy, um, which was that Jesus wasn't divine. He was just like a special man that had that God zapped with special powers and that. Um, and they they sort of had a rather heated discussion at the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, and um, St. Nicholas went over and punched um, one of the heretics. (laughs) (laughs) He's my favorite. (laughs) That's exactly what I would do. James is like Christmas on tap. (laughs) What's the connection between Christmas and Boxing Day? Because Boxing Day is far more of a a UK thing than anything else. Yeah, it's a UK thing, and I think they even have it like north of the border where you are in Canada and Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, we don't count Canada as much of anything. Ye olde Commonwealth. It comes back. <laughs> it goes back to um, uh, medieval times, where you had um, like the earliest forms of charity boxes in churches, and they were opened on Boxing Day and distributed to the poor. And that's and if you know, good King Wenceslas looked out upon the feast of Stephen, which is St Stephen's Day, is the twenty sixth of December, i.e. Boxing Day, and that carol is all about a rich king helping out poor people. Hmm. Wow. After all these years, I finally know what that song is about. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, though. He was actually a duke during his life and was given he was. the kingly title posthumously. He was, yeah. And, and he was um, killed by his own brother, which is nice. Oh, so things you like because of, you don't know, get in the song. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's the extra verse that you, um, you normally miss out about his aunt and his brother conspiring to kill him because he was a Christian and they wanted to take over the country and take it back to pagan times. Is that in the song, too? No, sadly not. Oh, I thought you were oh, like, seriously. <laughs> that is awesome. Because of VeggieTales, and I make that point specifically, is um, Santa always associated with uh, snow? He's really only been associated with snow for about the last 100-ish years. Um, because, I mean, St. Nicholas the big dude in... Um, the Netherlands and Belgium and other parts of Europe. Uh, if you're in the Netherlands, you believe that St. Nicholas spends most of his time hanging out in Madrid. Which Madrid. Is, Why Madrid? You know, um, basically because uh, the Netherlands used to be a Spanish colony and in still in the national anthem in the, uh, in the Netherlands national anthem is a line that says hail to the King of Spain. <laughs> so now it's like a hat tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think he, he really only sort of got, connected up with the North Pole and that with the poems like A Visit from St. Nicholas um, and things like that where he became really snowy and Now, kind of we, we have read um, Tolkien's letters from Father Christmas as a family. Um, mm. I, I, I would imagine you may have read them. If not, you definitely should. I, I have a copy in my Christmas library. Oh, excellent. So, my question for you is because he's from the, because he's from the the the, the UK and, and as you are as well, he talks about Father Christmas, but he he has Father Christmas um, from the North Pole as well. So, did the North Pole thing it, is that just kind of like a, a global thing that kind of took root, or did it start in the UK or or what? <sighs> yeah, I think it it kind of once had got associated with snow and coldness. The uh, it's either North Pole or Lapland. I mean, Lapland sort of like North Finland. I mean, it's, it's close enough to the North Pole to be there, but it isn't directly on the North Pole, but it's, you know, it's up there in the coldness. I think the North Pole's a good move, though, just for geopolitical neutrality. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
I would say, oh man, you've been stumped because you didn't fully know the answer, except you gave a whole lot of description with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. I have a question here. Uh, do, 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 do. What, what are some of your favorite um, Christmas traditions, songs, etc., James? Um, I my two favorite carols are in the Malik, bleak midwinter and first Noel. I just like those two. Um, for traditions and that, I mean, we have a great tradition over here, which you sadly don't have in the States, and you really need to get onto it, which is Christmas crackers. No, James, whoa, whoa, slow down, buddy. For for three for two years in a row, it's going to be three years, my wife and I have purchased Christmas crackers for our family for Christmas. I am proud of you. Yeah, we, we have, fact, I'm in my office, and right behind me is a box of Christmas crackers ready to go for this year. Excellent. And, and you like share, share some insights. Share some insights. In, t- tell, give us some insight. Give us some Christmas cracker insights to these. I'll let James speak as the authority here. on the subject, and then I'll speak as the cultural neophyte. <laughs> okay, they started in about the eighteen forties, fifties here in the UK when a uh, posh sweet manufacturer called Tom Smith wanted a new way of marketing his stuff, um, and he went over to France and saw they had these posh, poshly wrapped sweets in sort of like foily plasticky tubey stuff and he thought they, they're pretty cool and he was sitting by the fire one night supposedly and the fire log fire went crackle crackle and he thought oh i wonder if i put them in the tube with a cracky thing when you pull them apart they go bang that would be quite exciting um so crackers are like sort of things about six inches long that are a tube covered in paper and foil sometimes with christmasy things on um, they're in three segments a, mid, a longer middle bit and two two bits at the end which you pull hold and pull with somebody else um, and it goes bang when you pull it. And then inside is a paper crown that you have to wear on your head and look really stupid while you're eating your Christmas dinner. Um, a little toy or something sort of gifty wise that are generally really grotty, depending on how much you pay for your crackers. Um, and also some terrible jokes. Does this sound about right, Phil? It's perfect. Yeah. No, we got on. We, we started buying ours after watching I think we had watched enough Doctor Who specials, and then I think we may have watched. It may have been Downton Abbey where they, uh, they had Christmas crackers downstairs, um, and you know, with with the, lo- the lower classes. And um, my wife's like, "We should get those." And I'm like, "Yeah, we probably should." And we're out shopping at World Market just randomly um, after Christmas, and she found a box and said, "We're, we're buying these. So we're gonna keep them for next year." And we kept them. They were they worked great. They stored fine over the over the year. And so every year, like the day after Christmas, she will get online and find a box discounted and order them for the next year. So uh, last year, your paper crowns and our gifts weren't that bad last year, James, actually. Um, and then uh, the jokes are generally terrible, but terrible in a, in a gloriously fun family. Yeah. I mean, if, if you Google Christmas jokes, my site comes up top. Um, yeah. um, and I've tried to collect the worst Christmas cracker jokes yeah. that I could on my page. So- and there's no like, and they're all family jokes. There's no like, either once was a man from Nantucket kind of thing. Oh know? no 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 no! I mean, you know, I mean, you like, could probably buy, you could probably buy blue uh, Christmas crackers, but the one oh yeah, I, I mean, think you I know that one. Can you tell you me? Can, you can um, <laughs> buy all sorts of, you know, ones and really expensive ones. But I mean, you know, what sort of motorbike does Santa ride? A Holly Davidson. <laughs> oh, zing! <laughs> do another one. Do another one. Do another one. Um. You, okay, you, what you goes on virtual what, Christmas cracker? Okay, what goes o o o? Santa backwards. Yeah, Santa walking oh, backwards. Okay. 
I, I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of ruined that one. Um, yeah. Um, where does Santa go when he's sick? To the elf center. Oh, that's a good. That's a good British one. Yes, there. to the elf yeah. center or Al- or Alabama. I had a friend from Alabama. You know, just where does Santa go when he's? Where does Santa go when he's sick? To the elf elf center. That'll work. Uh, what what does snowman eat for lunch? Happy Christmas. What? Wait, say it again, James. What does snowman eat for lunch? Not yellow snow. Iceburgers. Oh man. <laughs> who who hides in the bakery at Christmas? A mint spy. Oh gosh. <laughs> Jeremy's feverishly writing these down. What does sheep in Mexico say? How do how sorry, how do sheep in Mexico say Merry Christmas? Fleece Navidad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Tinselitis. Ooh, I knew it was tinsel. I knew. I was thinking it's tinsel. tinsel. It's gotta be tinsel. He's not gonna use. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not gonna use so Garland. The, that's kind of the quality of Christmas. Those, yeah, those are those are great. Hey, so uh, so James, I'm, I'm gonna throw something at you and see your your thought on this. So my wife, um, my daughter was, I think, probably one or two. She invested in a Christmas pickle. Yes, and so uh, which I'm looking at your site now. And apparently, it's actually a bogus Christmas tradition, but whatever. Completely bogus. So basically, uh, it's probably Christmas morning. Your kids race to the tree to find the pickle. They get a special present. Is that correct? Well, I mean, that's the marketing that sold a job right. lot of Christmas pickles that a guy had over, and he needed to flog them. So he invented this so-called old German custom of right. having the Christmas pickle. If you talk to people in Germany about the Christmas pickle, they look at you with a blank expression. <laughs> yeah, three eyes, right? Yep. So I, uh, on a side note, it just it just sounds like something a creepy uncle yeah. would do. I'm just saying. And, and, and everybody, nobody in the UK, apart from Christmas nuts, has heard of the Christmas pickle either. <laughs> Well, somehow we heard about it, and so we've modified it. Though we got as as Protestants, we don't do much with like you know, Advent and whatnot. But we, you know, Advent calendars are fun. It's a way to get the kid excited. Which this year backfired. My kid's been crying for Christmas for two weeks straight. So, but we, um, so what we do is every morning she has to go find the Christmas pickle, and then she can open up her Advent calendar and get her candy or her toy. So yeah. it's been nice little. It, it just really complicates. <laughs> It makes Christmas far more difficult than it should be, but she'll remember it when she gets older. So you're like, well, we're Schneider. That's German. This is a German tradition. That's what I said when my wife mentioned it to us. And I was like, I don't remember grandpa. I don't remember grandpa talking about that from the old country. For my, my grandpa, the old, the old country for my grandpa was the backwoods of Missouri. So Where they went to the Elf Center? Uh, no, where they, where they made moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Phil, that was a tradition. Yes. Any more, que- you, Jeremy? Do you have any? You, you got a questions or anything? Can't stump him. I got nothing. I know, right? He's just <laughs> incredible. He's more a machine than man now. It's true. Oh, oh. Um, hey, Ashley, wait, wait. I got, I got a question for him. I'll stump him. Okay. Hey, James. Okay, put your put your Santa hat on. You're gonna think we're tough on this one here. Okay. Uh-huh. He's probably uh, wearing it, Phil. Probably already is. You're right. Um, could you, sorry, don't no, James. Do you need Christmas tattoos? I don't have any tattoos. Uh, work on that, buddy. I am ink-free. So, all right. So um, on December 9th, or, okay, I purchased a, uh, a present. This is a, this is a complicated uh, Christmas math joke. I purchased a present <laughs> for my wife. Yes. It, it, uh, on the 7th, I purchased it. On the 9th, it shipped from from Lincoln, U- UK. Yes. When will it arrive? Because <laughs> there's no <laughs> tracking details on the Etsy shop. It's very frustrating. <laughs> um. Well, 
It might arrive quicker if some of the post office is weren't on strike next week over here, which they are. I hope it's pro- got got on on some got sort of dispatched to yeah um, the border already because all, across the big, the all the big sorting offices are going on strike over here. Oh gosh, because <laughs> I mean, it's I I purchased it shipped. Um, over a week ago, I mean, or yeah. a week ago yesterday. So hopefully it's crossed the pond at least <laughs> because yeah. if not, because uh, this was my surprise gift. Cause usually the wife, I get some strong hints as to what she wants. Cause I don't screw it up. This was the surprise gift and <laughs> surprise. It's not here. <laughs> it's stuck, if it's stuck somewhere in, in a, in a bin, in the, in the back office of a, of a post office there, I'm going to be really in trouble. <laughs> Well, well, Phil, when you get it, if it doesn't get here on time, you can present it later and be like, you know, this is an, this is an old German tradition. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if it arrives by the 6th of January, you could do Epiphany. it for Epiphany gift. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm making it for Epiphany. Uh, they're, they're, and if it arrives on the 2nd of February, you can give it as a Candlemas gift. Oh, oh for its ground, that's Groundhog's Day for us. Yeah. Well, can, yeah. Candlemas is like the official end of Christmas. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, when it's when churches bless candles to go uh, to be used at the Christmas services next year. But it remembers when Jesus was presented in the temple and saw Anna and man. We are good at infusing everything with meaning. Yeah. <laughs> like we're buying candles. So basically, what happened is is like four hundred years ago. They're like, all right, we're gonna buy Christmas candles in February. Why? Well, they're on sale right now. <laughs> okay, well, let's make it, let's make it spiritual. Let's bring them to the church. Let's pray for them. All right, whatever. Well, we think we think it's we we think Christmas is a long time in the states because yeah. you know they put Walmart put candy stripes starts in October, out, right? And this is like February. Here's the funniest part about my uh, the present for my wife. Okay, so they're late, right? They're they're late and they're possibly stuck in England. They're Doctor Who TARDIS earrings. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, the, just the level of irony there is so thick. So they they could show up any moment. They could, frankly, that's amazing. In fact, did you double check and make sure that they didn't show up then? Now they might already be under my tree. I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I should probably check that. So okay. So if it's so you're listening to this podcast, you can you can just use the CMagCast hashtag or what, what's your Twitter handle, Phil? It's it's I always I always mess it up. Oh, it's at Philip three twenty, and there's two L's in Philip. That's the proper way of spelling it. Right, that's what I usually mess up on. It, luckily, it at autofill. So at Philip three twenty at that's that that's the two L's. You can tweet him and 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 get updates on the gift. Don't say what it is, people. It's just the gift. All right. So use the. She won't. She won't listen to this. She, she isn't because uh, she has to hear my voice and my terrible jokes all day long. So she doesn't want to indulge in this. Okay. James, um, I don't know. Do you have a you candy? Can you maybe um, send us out on a little uh, uh, yeah, Christmas so ukulele and, and then tune it to make sure it doesn't sound terrible? Okay, go get it, and I'll I'll, I'll edit out I'll edit out the space of you getting it. I have to talk British the rest of the day. Emily's gonna be like, "What are you doing?" Your poor wife, Jeremy. And of course, I only know like three phrases, so that's all I'm gonna be doing. Like, jolly old. Good day, good day. <laughs> what are you doing, honey? Jolly-o, jolly-o. <laughs> Fine. I'll order lunch. <laughs> I'm back, yep. That was quick. That was Christmas quick. 
Are you back, James? Santa fast. If he could only do that for the gift. Yeah, no joke. All right, James. You're playing this impromptu on the spot, so you get to pick what song it is. Uh, we're going to do Joy to the World because it's really easy to play. All right. <laughs> and, you know, sing along if you want, guys. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we love people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> This is why we're putting it at the end, just in case people, in case one of us decides to sing, people can just turn it off. Okay, here we go. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let us receive her King. Let every heart prepare him. Heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. It was beautiful. We don't normally boom shakalak of the podcast, but when we do, I just, I, I just love that we're singing uh, a Christmas carol, right? So, right, um, it's being sung in the UK by 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 a by a you know by a philomrit. On a on a ukulele, I just, the globalization, right? We've we've reached that we've we've reached that zenith. That's how we do. Yeah, <laughs> well said. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on Buzzsprout.com. God bless us, everyone.